Hello, Heal community. For the first time in nearly a year, I'm opening my practice back up to the general public. I'm actively looking for 10 new qualified clients committed to reversing their illness or health concerns and powerfully taking on their journey to heal. If you're interested in finding out more, go to my website and schedule a free 25-minute phone call. We will discuss what you're dealing with and be sure we are the best fit for each other. Remember, I specifically have expertise in autoimmunity, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, mold illnesses, hormones, and insomnia, but can treat much more. Looking forward to connecting with you. Welcome to Heal. On today's episode, we finally dive into the topic of medical cannabis with cannabis coach Ingrid Chapman. A plant with an undeserved, sordid history, we attempt to cut through the noise of the rhetoric to access the ancient healing nature of this now nearly ubiquitous medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Ingrid, welcome to Heal. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is, I, so we're somewhere in the sixties now for the number of episodes. This, this will be 60 something. And I've wanted to have a conversation about cannabis since the very beginning. So you're fulfilling a deep desire to get to have this conversation. And some of it has been, I've been waiting for the right person. Because I know a lot of people in the CBD world, because that's a lot of where there's been progress, which is great, but I'd like to have a bigger perspective than only talking about CBD. And so I'm really, I'm just really excited about where we get to go today. And so I want to introduce you, your cannabis coach, Mm -hmm. which was a new term to me when I met you. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, and so I'm excited to share what I learned about that. And your education has been hugely helpful for lots and lots and lots of people in navigating that world. And then just some of your background, things I didn't know, graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, Herbal Healer Academy Certified Herbologist. You actually have a certification as a cannabis coach, which I didn't even know you could get that. That's so cool. Um, Trained in psychedelic journey facilitation from the center of I cut my thing off, medicinal mindfulness, trained as a shaman, emotional liberation graduate, which I don't know what that is. I'm excited to hear more. And you have an Indonesian healer, great grandmother in your lineage, which I think many of us that find our way into these different paths, I know there's nothing specific, but my great, great grandmother and her sister, my great, great aunt, like are were very intuitive, deeply connected women that had their specific ways. And I'm just clear that it's, it's in my lineage too. So that's really neat to see. Mm -hmm. Indigenous knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the genetic or however it passes through us, you know, that that comes through. Mm -hmm. So I want to start right off the get-go with where my question was in the beginning when you're like, I'm a cannabis coach. And I'm like, a what, a who? What is a cannabis coach? How does that work? So tell me a bit more about that. So can I give you a little background about yes, please. My, my cannabis history? So, you know, I was just tooling along, not even cannabis wasn't even in my like realm of awareness. And I was in Boulder, Colorado in 2015 for a retreat for a workshop there and out to dinner one night with some, some friends that were doing the workshop with me. And we came across a dispensary, you know, the green cross on the street. And, and we're like, hmm, what, what's this? Let's, let's check it out. So we went in curious and, 
it was fascinating to me that there was so much cannabis available in a store that, and I had known nothing about it. I was just fascinated by this, this prospect. So, you know, being curious, we got some brownies, you know, classic cannabis and we tried them that night and we knew nothing about the strain or the strength. We didn't really know what to expect of the experience. You know, we, we, we were naive. And so we, my friend and I took some, we went to dinner. And so by the time we were done with dinner, it started kicking in and it was just fun and, you know, lighthearted enjoyment. We wandered Pearl Street for a while. We went back to our hotel and I just wanted to lay down. Like it was hitting me, like I just needed to relax. Well, and then some paranoia kicked in, which was a new experience for me. I didn't, I, I'm not an anxious person. So it all started percolating in my head. What is, what can this plant do? What, what is this plant capable of? You know, there, it went everything from lighthearted and fun to kind of anxious and paranoid. I felt good physically. My body felt happy, you know, lighthearted and, and, but there was, you know, there was just so many unknowns. So I, and I was also in the middle of doing some shamanic work. I was doing work with a shaman trainer, learning how to become a shaman. And there was a lot of journeying and uh, meditation, guided meditations within that training. And I really had a hard time getting into that headspace. So it was like intuitively, I felt that cannabis would offer me help in that area. And uh, so I kind of started digging into research and I'm very much a, I'm a Gemini rising. So I'm really into learning, understanding, digging deep, finding new things and keeping my, my, you know, just my interest peaked. And so came across a woman by the name of Corinne, um, Corinne Tobias, who was putting together a school for cannabis coaching. Now, this was a couple years into my journey. I'd been, you know, two years of, of just figuring this out. And so I called her, well, I actually, I, I jumped on one of her, you know, introductory calls for her coaching. And I said, Hey, this is what I want. And I orchestrated this uh, workshop. She did a, a, a workshop for a friend of mine and I in Colorado, we spent four days with her and we went everything into the science, the um, understanding of the plant and the mechanics of the plant and how to make medicine from the plant. And then how to coach people using how to use cannabis. So it was a four day intensive. And then from that, I, I, I went home and I took the actual course that she had. So I had kind of the double experience of first, the one-on-one -on -one hands-on training, which was so invaluable for me to really understand it. And then the online training. Yeah. So from that point, I just started like trying to talk to people about it, you know, and and I live in Utah and it's a pretty conservative culture. So, you know, who do you talk to about cannabis in a state where it's not yet legal? Yeah. And so the year in 2018, it became legal here medically and it became a little easier to open that conversation with people. And so I started talking to some people and, and one of um, a man that I was speaking to said, you should do this. You should, you, you know, I know people that you could be helping. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just eased into the cannabis coaching aspect. And then with time and, and as my confidence grew in the process of helping people, truly seeing people helped with the use of cannabis, I, my passion grew. Yeah. So, you know, it's been about a three-year process of seeing the benefits that people take away from their use of cannabis and fine-tuning my process of helping people become their own healers. Because really that's what it comes down to. Totally. Oh, so good. And before we get into like, what does it actually look like? You know, what do you provide as a cannabis coach? There's a couple of things that I, I'm really present to. So like, I 
have a medical license in Arizona and a medical license in Utah. And in Arizona, I could become a prescriber, but I haven't chosen to do the certification work to do it in Utah. It's not available to us to even prescribe medical marijuana. And so I've stood in, I don't prescribe, I don't recommend. And I have people in my practice that through other doctors or other routes have asked me and they've come into it. And I'm kind of like, I I'm like at this dead end about what do I do? But what I've noticed until I knew that I could refer them on to you as an educator. And what I've run into is, you know, in the world of medicine, I mean, I'm, I'm an herbalist and I know that one plant can have the seeds can have a different impact than the roots, which can have a different impact, the leaves and when you harvest it and how you, you know, we got taught all of that in naturopathic medical school. And yet my experience with cannabis was like many people, which was, you know, my first experience probably was pretty stereotypical college, you know, and I smoked marijuana and hated the experience and didn't touch it again for a really long time until something else came up. And then I smoked it again. And I'd say maybe over the course of a lifetime, six, seven times, something like that. And each time though, no clue on dose, no clue on strain, no clue on like, like my circumstances, nothing. So it's sort of like, well, duh, of course that didn't. And so I just had come to a conclusion. It doesn't work for me, my body Mm -hmm. and cannabis, we don't get along, you know, and I can see that happening even in the medical marijuana field where someone will get their card but then they just go to a dispensary and it's like walking into this whole world and not knowing where to start, how to navigate it, what they actually, and some people have really specific, you know, things going on in terms of like autoimmune disease and pain and insomnia and so many other things that come up. So it's really like you were such a gold mine for me to get related to as a resource to be an educator, to walk people through this. And so I just think that's, it's so powerful. Yeah. And, and it, and it is something that I'm passionate about. Like I just, I just continue to do the research because I love this learning so much. See, I did, I mean, my herbal courses, I took two, two different herbal courses and in both of them, I was seeking more information about cannabis and it just wasn't there. And that's because of the illegality, you know, yeah. I mean, it's been essentially since the thirties, it's been um, total prohibition. To, yeah. Yeah. And so we've lost out on decades of good research in what cannabis could be doing for us physically. And in lieu of that, we have opioids and we have all these pharmaceuticals that really are not meant to be used long-term. Yeah. And, and, and here we are, you know, here we are with chronic illnesses and all the other issues that we deal with in, in our, in our world. And I think there's a lot, cannabis has a lot to offer there because there's so much, I mean, in the science of it, you know, and I, and I want you, you know, I, there's so many things we could address here. So I think we just need to begin at, at one place and then just let's move yeah, on to exactly. you know, expand it out. See how, where, where we end up in this conversation, you know, and, you know, the whole arch of the conversation of heal of this podcast is then my giant inquiry into, okay, I literally have a doctorate in naturopathic medicine. I have 12 years of practice. I have, you know, this world of information education around me. And yet I feel like so often there's core components missing in how does someone truly heal? Because it's like, you know, 
when you go off of a lot of the standard things that people are prescribed, even I'm going to say standard integrative medicine, which is a step further from conventional medicine, you know, there still has been things that I just, I suspect have just been missing. And that's what I want this conversation to be about is being able to fill those places in. And I think, I mean, I noticed, I'm just going to out myself. Like, I'm so excited about this episode. And I've been like, Oh God, what am I going to say that I'm not supposed to say because of the legality, you know, and, and because this is a national podcast, but there's state differences and it's, it's confusing. And it, and it causes like, I'm a pretty bold and courageous person. And I notice I get like nervous, like, oh, who's going to hear this? And what am I going to get back? And blah, 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 you know? So I put my disclaimer out there. I'm not making any recommendations. We're here to educate and to explore this conversation that, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Actually, I've, I've had the experience of more freedom having conversations about ayahuasca and shamanic plant medicines going to, you know, other countries to participate in that than I do about cannabis in my own backyard, which just kind of points mm-hmm. to that weirdness, which used to be abject. I mean, I, I, my history in very brief was I was completely against marijuana in all forms for the better part of 20 years. And, you know, I had a few key examples where it went very poorly in the lives of my friends, where there was addiction present that cannabis may or may not have been the thing. There was trauma, there was emotional, there was all sorts of things around those people. And it became like, I was right in there of like, it's illegal, it's bad, it's a drug. You know, I had one of my ex relationships even said, well, why don't we get into this like medical marijuana and you could prescribe and we could get in the industry. And I was like, I don't prescribe drugs. I'm not going to start with this one. (laughs) Like that has come Mm -hmm. out of my mouth. And I've literally had a 180 degree shift about my viewpoint of what cannabis makes available. And, you know, that, especially when we look at, I do want to start to get into some of the science and some of what's available, the possibility that someone could be utilizing cannabis in a healthy and balanced way and not have to utilize opiates. I mean, that alone is a massive contribution to society to the risk of further addictions, to other things, to family relationships, to financial. I mean, there's like lists there and it goes way deeper than that. And I've been discovering a new relationship to the plant spirit, which we can also get into that kind of rocked my world. So tell me a bit more, where do we want to go in the science conversation? Like where, where, what's, where do we even start that? Well, I think we could start by talking about the endocannabinoid system, because I think people need to understand that within our bodies, we have an endogenous system that, that not only processes cannabis, but makes it. It's endogenous to our system. It brings balance to our bodies. It, it provides homeostasis. So the goal of cannabis, of, of an endocannabinoid, the ones that we make are to provide a homeostasis to our body, keeping our immune system balanced, keeping all of our systems balanced. It's, it's throughout our body. And so you throw in a, a modern lifestyle with fast food, with you know pollution in our environment, with stressors, with lack of sleep, with lack of exercise, all of the, you know, the things that are part of, a, of an American's lifestyle we can say that. I'm sure there's other countries around the world that have the same problems, but you you create a, an imbalance within your system, which can lead to, as you know, chronic illnesses. It can it can lead to other problems 
when you're out of balance. So what I see cannabis as is, so cannabis is a phytocannabinoid. I'm sorry, that didn't come out right. Phytocannabinoid. It, it's a plant cannabinoid. A okay. plant Versus an endocannabinoid, which is Versus, what our body actually makes. That's good. Right. I never got that distinction. That's awesome. Yes. So what's important to understand is that because we've now, we're now being prohibited from cannabis since the thirties. So outside cannabis has not been available to our bodies as our pollution has increased, as our stressors has, have increased, as our, you know, all the, all the bad things we eat, as all those things have increased, we've not been able to increase our, our cannabinoid intake. And I think that my personal opinion of this is that we are mostly endocannabinoid deficient, that most mm -hmm. people are endocannabinoid deficient. And there's actually a book called Vitamin Weed that talks about this exact thing nice. that, you know, we are in need of, of regular doses of cannabis in our system to bring us uh, our, ourselves back to balance. Even the healthiest people probably have an endocannabinoid deficiency in one area or another of their bodies. So to me, I'm, I'm a proponent of, of using cannabis for health. So that doesn't mean I use it to get high, it can be used to get high, obviously. There's enjoyment in getting high, but I use it, I mean, I see it to be used as bringing your body to balance, helping cope with anxiety or depression in a way that is balanced, that's low dose, that is like subliminal even in, in it, your, the effect of it so that you're not feeling high, you're not feeling altered, you're just feeling good in your body. And there's a way to do that, but, you, but, but by going to a dispensary and taking a recreational dose, that may not be the, the way that most people can actually get help from cannabis in a, in a healthy perspective. Um, you know, one of the things you know, I want to, yeah, no, this is, this is so good because as you're talking about like coming back into balance and, and this has been a conversation I've now through your education and what I've learned from you, I've been able to pass on in my practice is when I have clients who they've had it prescribed by other doctors and they're trying to navigate what to do. There's this concern though, like with anxiety and depression, that it's just like using an antidepressant. And what I've been able to differentiate for them is that's not entirely true in the sense that you are actually doing something that has one part, what I call palliative medicine, where it's just literally making you feel better. And palliation is you're improving the symptoms. You're making yourself feel better with a certain medicine. If you remove that medicine, all the symptoms come back to exactly the way they were before versus something that provides, and this is a four letter word in the medical world, but cure curative. And I don't mean that like curing the illness at all the way, although maybe, um, but I mean it in the sense of you are taking the substance. It is providing symptom relief. And if you stop taking it, you're better off than you were to begin with. It's restoring health. It's exactly. restorative is probably a better word than curative mm -hmm. in our political climate. And so that's one of the very key distinctions here is, is that there could actually even be temporary utilization. Now, there may be a really good argument for why, given our life circumstances in the modern world we live in, lifelong use of cannabis makes sense. But even in this context, for some people, that temporary utilization of cannabis for anxiety, for depression, for pain syndromes. I've had clients dealing with endometriosis. I've had clients dealing with gastrointestinal disorders, um, sleep disorders, basically any system in the body because of the way the endocannabinoid system works, it can be a benefit. And the benefit is lasting and it's not that we're just masking symptoms with it. Exactly. That's my understanding. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
And that's correct. And I think that when you look at, you know, at, at how we take cannabis in our bodies, there, there is a variety of ways to do that. There's there, you know, I think you can cater to personal preferences there. And um, we can talk about that. I mean, let's, let's go ahead and talk about that yeah, right now. Yeah. You know, I think that if you look at this, you know, the, the classic perspective of cannabis is going to be a joint, right? Smoking yeah. a joint. Well, there's, there's all kinds of edibles that you can take from capsules to tablets, to gummies, to sweet things. I'm not a proponent necessarily of the sweet things. I mean, why create a habit for a treat when you can just take a medicine? You know, if you look at it as medicine, it doesn't need to be a treat. So, you know, you can buy capsules or you can, you can, if you're a, if you're a, an herbalist, you can make capsules. You can, you know, it's easy to make your own medicine and there's a way to combine CBD and THC so that you can get ratio doses because CBD is a great, you know, it's, it's a form of cannabis. It's a non-psychoactive form of cannabis. And really the only difference between CBD and THC is, well, no, let's put it this way. The only difference between what you would call a CBD cannabis plant and a THC cannabis plant is the way it's been bred to have stronger THC or lesser THC. And there are benefits to CBD that are, are unique to CBD. And there are specific receptors for CBD in our body. And then there are specific receptors in our body for THC. And so putting them together actually gives you the most beneficial medicine because you're getting the, you know, the, what they're both strong at combined. CBD is especially uh, um, helpful for inflammation. THC though, is kind of like the secret weapon. It, mm. Even a little bit of THC makes CBD so much more powerful. So I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to say, no, I'm only going to use CBD because I'm not going to go with the THC. Well, why? Why would you make that statement unless you're, you're caught in this propaganda idea that, that CBD or THC is bad yeah. or somehow the, the high is wrong? You know, and when I think about similarly in herbal medicine, you know, there are drugs, digoxin was actually taken out of an herb to begin with. Aspirin came from willow bark. You know, there's, there's a series of, we find a particular active molecule in an herbal remedy and we've turned them into drugs and mm -hmm. that's fine. It, it, it's a particular, it's a very pointed button. You can push a very specific button doing that. But what's interesting is, is when We've done that historically, and this shows up again and again and again in the use of the drug versus the whole herb as it originally was. You're going to have way more likelihood of having overdosing or underdosing, and you're going to way more likely to deal with side effects. And there's a certain balance that the plant itself provided that, that the experientially, you know, I mean, yes, I get the part of like, well, I don't want it to alter my mental state at all, or I don't want to have anything impact me in that way. And my experience and the experience of people I've talked to about this is when you're truly using it as a medicine and you're at the right dose, I've had some clients that deal with major pain syndromes and they've been taking significant amounts of a combination THC CBD product, and they don't have any experience of being high because it's like the body's just using it into what mm -hmm. they need to. And similarly, you know, that wisdom of the plant and the balance that's there. And so you were the one that educated me in, well, just consider there are some plants that are actually bred to have very low THC and be high CBD, but it's still the whole plant. And that mm -hmm. just, it, 
it resonates with me at a spiritual and body centered level. And it also matches up to the knowledge base that I have from my herbal training in naturopathic medicine about the wisdom of the plants and capturing the whole wisdom of nature and not thinking as humans, we know, and we are ready manipulate these plants a lot in the growing process, but at the same time, we're still confided by the laws of nature. Like we can't escape that until we bust it apart and we start pulling apart those specific chemicals. So I, I, when you said that to me the first time I gravitated towards it and it resonated, you know, and, and that I think is really powerful. So one of the things I've seen in the research is there's these different kinds of CBDs and there's alphas and betas and, and things like that. Do we have the same thing with THC? Yes. So, and, and what you're, what you're looking at there are the different compounds within the plant. Okay. So you have different CBD compounds, you have different THC compounds. They usually fall, you know, a different initial. So THCV or THCA or whatever. And, and so as you look at those compounds, it's the entourage effect is what you're referring to when you get the entirety of the plant, the benefits of the entirety of the plant. And you know, the problem with pharmaceuticals is like you say, they isolate a molecule and then they duplicate it synthetically and that becomes the medicine. But if it's coming from, you know, a poppy plant or a, a cannabis plant or any of these other plants that, are, that have been recognized in nature to provide a benefit and then those plants are synth- synthesized, mm-hmm. well, you're losing something in the process because you're losing nature. And I think my herbal training really taught me the value that, that nature brings. I mean, your, your, you know, sunshine and soil and water and growing and, and, you know, and nurturing a plant. I mean, you know, you've, you've, I mean, I think we have a beautiful garden and we eat, my, my husband calls himself the plant medicine man, because I mean, you know, he's creating his own form of plant medicine in In tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and pumpkins yeah exactly and that's how we're supposed to be living right we're not supposed to be living by isolating things and 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 separating ourselves from nature so you know i'm just i just i love this plant and here's here's something just a little side note about cannabis the buds that we use for medicine come from female plants the male plants pollinate you know, and they create seeds, but you don't want seeds in your cannabis, in your medicine. So literally when a, when a farmer grows cannabis, they're, they're removing the male plants and they're only growing the female plants. They don't want the male plants to kind of, you know, create a, they don't, they don't want them to go to seed. They, mm-hmm. they want the, the females to just be left alone. And I feel like there's a female, there's a, there's a divine feminine in the cannabis mm-hmm. that I just love. And I love working with that power, with that, that plant medicine. So can we take that opportunity to talk about sort of this, the spiritual side and the relationship sure. to the, like, so this is another thing that was relatively new to me until a few years ago, which is actually how you and I first met was in a shamanic plant medicine ceremony, working with some other plants. And that was the beginning of like, the way it was for me was that something in me woke up that I didn't know that I had as a knowledge base of interacting with medicines and the spirit world in a very profound way. And this sense of a plant having a spirit. And now it has me looking back at all of the medicines I prescribe and all of the work that I do in homeopathy and herbal medicine from a different vantage point. But can you speak some to that the plant spirit, what that means to you or how that's represented, or I don't know, anything you want to share in that context. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I have found like when I, when I work with, with clients, you know, I recognize that, you know, they're coming to me with health issues. That's why they, that's why they've come to me is that they're trying to find another solution for their health. And so it's like, they're trusting me with this, this intimate knowledge of them. And, and, and I trust the plant will offer a solution. I feel like there's a majority of people that cannabis will help. There are just like any, any, anything, there's going to be people that it either doesn't have any effect on or are allergic to it for one reason or another. So there's always that awareness, but, but I would say the majority of people are going to find some kind of benefit in using cannabis. And it's just a matter of understanding what their needs are. And so for me to be able to sit down with a client and, and discuss these needs and know that this plant that I work with offers help. Now, let's just say someone comes to me and let's say they have insomnia issues and they've been dealing with insomnia for 20 years. So it's very chronic and they're, they've gone through all the over-the-counter stuff. They've gone through all of the pharmaceuticals. They're recognizing that none of those are offering them a real solution because even if they do get a few hours of sleep, they're still waking up groggy or feeling hungover or not feeling good in their bodies. I just read a study about, about cannabis and sleep issues. And in this study of a thousand people, 84% had success in letting go of or, or minimizing their over-the-counter or pharmaceutical use with using cannabis. Wow. That's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah. Now I, I, and I think the problem is if you, if you start with the basis of health, you know, sleep, um, exercise, food intake, water intake, movement, breathing. If you start with those issues and you, and you focus on getting good night's sleep, eating good food, drinking enough water, getting enough movement in, if you focus on those things, some of the extra, you know, the extra things that you're dealing with are going to start falling away. Yep. And then you can get to the core of what's really what's really the problem. My words are coming out of your mouth. Every single one of my clients is like, she told me that at our first visit. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Yeah. It, it's common sense, right? I mean, when I when I did that, my Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and it was a really interesting course about learning about nutrition from from a very holistic perspective, not about this is the diet that you need to be on, or this is the food that you need to eat. It's like, look at your body, figure out what works in your body. How, you know, what does your body need? What does my body need to be healthy? Well, you know, my husband can eat beans like they're going out of style. I can't. Yeah. So I know that I don't eat beans or I don't eat many beans. So, you know, it's just, it's just understanding your body coming into, coming into an understanding of, of what really makes you work well. And so to me, that's, that's part of the core of understanding yourself deeply, understanding your body going even deeper when you're in taking medicine, that it becomes part of a spiritual practice of caring for your body, which is where your soul inhabits, right? You know, and that's just such a different context. Cause like, man, now I'm going to quote you with my clients <laughs> is that you know, many people who come to me, our cultural programming is things that come in pills are medicine and medicine means fill in the blank. I'm weak. I'm sick. Something's wrong. And so I notice in my client population, they're like diet. Yeah, get it. Lifestyle changes. Totally. Water makes sense. Of course I need to sleep better. And then I prescribe 
vitamin C, magnesium, B vitamins, probiotics, essential fatty acids, and a whole host of other things. And they go, oh my God, that's so much medicine. I hate taking pills. I hate doing this stuff. I hate capsules. Why do I have to do it? Shouldn't I just be able to eat food? Very common conversation, which I completely understand. And I think some of it is just our reference point, but you just said something so powerful, which is reframing taking medicine as a spiritual practice. And I think plant medicines that are known, there's actually a term I learned recently, entheogens, which is the plants that specifically they have a relationship of having a deity or God-like quality connected to them. And some will say the spirit lives and embodies itself in the plant. And some plants are much more related to as entheogens than others. And, you know, psilocybin and ayahuasca and iboga and um, cannabis are all, you know, peyote are all on that list of entheogens. And actually, when we look through history, there have been, there's actually really neat, I keep, man, it's all coming. I'm like, you put this book in my hand. I'm like, there's this really neat book, Ingrid. Let me tell you about it. You put it in my hand where it was like this picture book and reference book of all these different sacred plants over, you know, history and belladonna was in there. And belladonna is a very um, potent, because it's a deadly nightshade, very potent medicine in naturopathic medicine. And belladonna has been given as a raw herbal tincture in very small doses, because in too big of a dose, it's, it can kill somebody. And it was also potentized in homeopathy. And we use belladonna to treat very severe childhood illnesses and fevers and specific disease states. And it was interesting to see belladonna listed in this book. And I started to get that, that same thing of that new relationship to like the spiritual side of medicine. And so I think just that context shift, even if we get down to vitamin C now, personally, if I ruled the world, (laughs) we would do our supplements very differently than we do. I think that we've done the same thing to the supplement industry where we've, we've extracted a particular thing. There's actually a fair amount of research. Oh gosh, I'll think of his name in just a second. He was an MD that did a lot of nutrition work in Oregon, Royal Lee. And he was one of the founding scientists of Standard Process, which is a very large, successful organic-based supplement company that has tried very hard to stay in whole foods as the basis of where they get their vitamins from because of this very thing and what Royal Lee discovered and what many people, he did huge amounts of study of vitamin C in particular is what we think of as vitamin C ascorbic acid is like a 10th of what vitamin C actually is. Ascorbic Mm -hmm. acid is a central molecule in a, like you said, entourage effect. There's actually a whole mix of other molecules. It should be a compound. And when we've actually studied vitamins in some of the research, what, when we were identifying them, they really were like beta carotenes. There's a whole complex to that, that is essential. And that's why sometimes we will do a lot better with things coming from food than we do with specific supplements. And I still use supplements for the tool that they can be, but I think we've kind of deadened the supplement world just as much as we have in pharmaceuticals, which is unfortunate. And it's the tool that I work with because it's what we have, but like if we could wild craft our vitamin C, that would be amazing, you know, to be able to do the same thing. And I also think about, I wonder what you have about, there's the biochemical component, how it impacts our biochemistry. It works with our nervous system. It works in our hormone system, 
But then there's this other aspect, and I see this in many of the medicines I work with in my practice as well. It's like there's knowledge or wisdom that this plant brings with it. That's like, I think of it like uploading and reprogramming ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, here's, here's my take on it. I see cannabis as a truth serum. You know, you, when, when you have cannabis in your system, you see things differently. It's like the filters removed and all of the programming, and I shouldn't say all of the programming because it's a gradual process. Yeah. The programming of childhood, of family, of religion, of culture starts, you start seeing it differently. And, and I, and, and I'm, I can only go from my own experience, but my own experience has been that I see things very differently than I would, than I did 10 years ago. And now I've been through a lot of changes over the past decade, but, and cannabis, cannabis has been part of that, but I truly attribute a lot of my focus and the way I see the world now to my use of cannabis and just recognizing that, you know what, we, we've been told a lot of mistruths over time. We've been, we, as children, we were told things to, to make us obedient. You know, I mean, and that continued into our adult years yeah. and, and, and it's like, how do you, what kind of a tool do you need to see the truth in the world? And for me, it's been cannabis. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. And this is, you know, I'm going to put this with a caveat that everything happens for a reason and to trust, you know, with people listening to this, trust your own path. But I think that, I mean, I guess I should just speak from my own experience of like, I have been told that I, and I had the experience myself that I was a bit of a type A perfectionistic. I had an edge to the way that I lived in life for a very long time. And I was very driven. I still am, but it's tempered and shifted over the last several years. And I feel like a lot of the practices I've taken on utilizing plant medicine and also outside of inside of meditation and my spiritual development and just my daily living, it's been a lot of heart opening and a lot of heart melting has been happening and much more mind heart integration. And so when I think about my introductions to cannabis in my twenties, I suspect that some of what happened for me was a resistance to seeing that truth or not being ready yet, or not knowing what to do with it. I definitely know that the circumstances I was in, <laughs> like hanging out with a bunch of friends in a slightly awkward social situation where I was trying to look good and be cool with everybody. Like that wasn't really the best setup for me to, you know, I, and at that time in my life, I would have done very well to be in a quiet room where I could have participated in cannabis and meditated. That would have actually resonated for me. I just didn't ever have that thought or know that that was an option. And that was a big awakening for me is the ceremonial use of plant medicines and the ritual and the intentionality and setting things up to provide a space to really embody and discover those truths and that wisdom. I just didn't know. I didn't have those practices. And once I started to learn those practices, it's made a huge difference. And it's something that I can do those practices without the plant and get access to deep wisdom. And so- mm -hmm. My suspicion is, is that for some people who have utilized cannabis or attempted it and they, and I see this in my other medicine, they bump up against stuff and it's not so much. I mean, the, re, the, the response is I didn't like it. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And this is to be, you know, I want to say this with lots and lots and lots of compassion for people to just consider the possibility that it was bumping into facing a truth or having to confront a demon or unresolved 
traumas and emotions were surfacing. Like the very first time I intentionally took an edible of cannabis from a medicinal standpoint, within 45 minutes, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. And I was like, see, here we go again. It just turns my brain off. And I not like, I don't like, I don't know. Fortunately, I had some wisdom come in and some little voice in my head goes, no, 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 no. Cannabis is not making you sleepy. You're exhausted and it's making you stop ignoring how tired you are. And the whole thing flipped on a dime for me. And that was about a year ago. And it predated by almost eight weeks, my diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. And it was my intuition that literally, I mean, 20 years, don't like cannabis, don't like cannabis, doesn't work for me. It's not for me. I moved out of being like angry and defensive about it to at least going, it's for you. It's just not for me. Like I had gotten really to peace to it. I woke up one day and my brain said, I think you should consider this. And then I did. And it became part of my healing journey through managing, particularly for me was the sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system balance. Like with the chronic fatigue syndrome, it was just so easy for my nervous system to get overwhelmed by too much. I mean, what used to be no big deal stress was just overwhelming for my nervous system. And I could feel it in my body. And it was, you know, cannabis was one of the medicines that I utilized in order to support that process. And really like, it was the recognition that I was bumping up against some of my own truths, some of which I didn't really yet know I wanted to bump up against and it can be uncomfortable and it can bring stuff up to the surface, which I think is sometimes what people experience as I didn't like it. It didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, in that journey experience and people can have a journey experience without even expecting to have a journey experience with cannabis. And I facilitate journey experiences intentionally. And there's, there's real, I mean, there's so much power in this process of journeying with plant medicine. You know, I feel like it brings the walls down in your brain of, of what you're, what you're willing to let in. And, and it kind of just opens the doors to kind of whatever happens, happens. And there can be, those can be really beautiful light and sound shows, or those can be traumatic, um, you know, past life experience visuals, mm -hmm. or those can, I mean, it could be so many things. And I think that the process of understanding that we are, our, our subconscious holds so much trauma and we, that we may not even understand or know. One of the things you mentioned at the beginning, the emotional liberation workshop that I've been working with, I work with a woman by the name of Becca Williams and she, I've been doing this workshop for a year now, it's called emotional liberation. And she has like semesters, quarters and semesters within this work. And it has, and she works with cannabis. So she does Kundalini yoga exercises, breathing exercises, and we, we do meditations with, and it's obviously it's always optional, but, but she uses cannabis as part of her work. And the process of meditating intentionally with the use of cannabis to break through some of the, these traumatic emotions that I have held within me, it's amazing. The difference between how I react now and how I reacted a year ago to traumatic triggers mm. and the understanding of why just the understanding of why has calmed me down to where I don't have a trigger like I used to and if I do have a trigger I can stand back and go where's that coming from and cannabis has has opened the door to understanding that part of my psyche 
And I know other plant medicines do as well. The workshop training that I did with Daniel McQueen of the, the Medic Center for Medicinal Mindfulness, he's a therapist and he, he does work with ketamine, DMT, and cannabis. And he has found that cannabis as, is as effective as any other plant medicine. And he's been literally laughed at on stage when he's been doing presentations because so many people see cannabis as a recreational drug. Yeah. They don't see it as, you know, the same thing as psilocybin or DMT or, and DMT isn't, isn't the same, but you know, these right. plant medicines, these whole plant medicines. Yeah. And so I've learned through his training to understand and to honor the sacredness of cannabis as a, as that kind of healing plant medicine. And I have learned that everybody has their own, like everybody, as they work with plant medicines, they kind of find a favorite something yeah. that really calls to them. And, and that is cannabis for me. It's the, it's a very gentle, I mean, I call it the people's plant, you know, it's so readily available and it, it is gentle. You just have to know how to use it. Yeah. And that's what I really love about this. And it's opened me up a lot out of my own perceptions. And I tend to be a bit of an all or nothing girl and like, you know, dive in the deep end of the plant medicine pool. And I've been pulling myself back to discover the gifts in cannabis that, you know, I have a strong gravitation towards ayahuasca and it's been a really powerful teacher for me in my life. And yet also finding that there's, if we go back to the conversation of plant spirits, they each have their own gifts and personality and wisdom. And there's a time and a place for that. And it may even be something that shifts for people where at one point it's peyote and at another point it's something else. And, and and, you know, we're having a conversation about plant medicine. There are other shamanic practices and there's other meditative rituals and other spiritual accesses where you never, you know, they're completely sober pathways to get at this. And, you know, my, I often talk about the education I've done around flow state, which is a neurologic state we can actually drop into where we inhibit our frontal cortex, our frontal cortex, the thinking, judging part of our brain. That's where the little voices all, it gets quiet and slows down. And we go back into our limbic system, which is our emotional center. And we get into sort of the sub it's so funny. Even in biology, we get taught as the reptilian brain, like it's our lower self. And yet what they've discovered in flow state is when people are in that state, when we shut down the quote, higher brain, we actually have increased capacity to learn, increased capacity to perform, huge breakthroughs are able to happen in people's literal performance as athletes and in the world of military function. Like there's all of this kind of shifting our conversations about the higher brain, the lower brain. No, it's just, there's just different roles of each of them. That's not really hierarchical. And in moving through flow state, they've started to discover the different access points. Transformational education is an access, having breakthroughs, aha moments, you know, certain kinds of coaching work, certain kinds of therapy, extreme sport athletes, extreme sport conditions where you're kind of pushing your body to its physical limit, that'll drop you into flow state. People can do it creatively with art and they can do it intellectually with deep thinking when you drop into that zone when you're studying really hard and then things start to just kind of open up and get easy and flow. Literally, we use the word dance, mm -hmm. ecstatic dance can get us there, meditation, breathing techniques. And you'll see it through the ages in spiritual practices that pretty much all religions and spirits, spiritual practices had access to some sort of practice that got them into flow state. Plant medicine is 
one of those access points. And in flow, there tends to be a deep sense of connection of oneness and wholeness with the world around us, with life itself. But they've actually been able to measure it where our capacity, like there was a person who was base jumping the cenotes in Mexico. This story was outlined in the book The Rise of Superman. And they're dropping to their death, essentially. Their, their parachute didn't completely open. And as they're falling, they're up against the rock. The person was in flow state, lived to tell the tale because they told the story afterwards and was actually saying they were crystal clear the exact number of swallows flying around their head behind them. So it wasn't a visual awareness at all. And of course, you can imagine falling down a large shaft, essentially to what may be your death, you wouldn't really be concerned with, but that's not what their brain did. Their brain dropped in this hole. And this is very reproducible. They've done tons of research on this. And it's just incredible what our bodies and brains and spiritual selves are capable of when we shift how they operate. And I feel like the time of prohibition we've had around many of these plants is synonymous with a numbing of our consciousness and that this is a part of an awakening. And that's mm-hmm. some of why the prohibition happened in the first place from a political stance, which I don't know a lot about, and I'm not like totally, but there's specific things that have come out about what President Nixon specifically said in order to create the war on drugs, in order to outlaw many of these substances like LSD and cannabis because it was impacting the Vietnam War. People would sit with these medicines and have absolutely no interest in killing another human being. And it was altering the draft, like directly. And there was specific political action that was taken to change that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, that's and that's just that's, that's fact, documented. like it's just straight mm-hmm. up documented. And I am the last person to get into like things that would be even remotely political conspiracy. I usually shy away from that, but it's just, it's too obvious that there was specific actions taken in that way and the suppression of the research that's happened in psychedelic medicine which is now finally opened back up and there's amazing things happening with the maps program and our understanding of psilocybin and other um, like mdma and how it's helping veterans and how it's helping people in severe suicidal depressive states i mean it's like there's such a huge benefit to society that this is going to be challenging because we're a market-based driven society, but they're relatively affordable. They're easy to access and their impact is so long lasting that, you know, you can have daily cannabis use and it doesn't even have to be daily to have an incredible benefit where you have a lasting impact to those revelations and that healing of trauma and that ability to come into that relaxed comfort state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with everything you say. I mean, the if you if you, when you look at the history specifically of cannabis, it started in the 30s, and it and it and it started after prohibition ended. The alcohol prohibition ended. It just it just rolled right into cannabis prohibition, and it was it was done racially. It was it was you know focused on a, on a racial element, which is why it, it became marijuana instead of cannabis. Marijuana mm-hmm. was just a slang term that came up. That that fit the rate motivation of the of the prohibition, and so I just feel like I I just want to educate as many people as I can to the benefits that this plant offers. And what I realize is it's not for everyone. You know, using cannabis is not going to work for everyone. But what I would like to say is reduce the fear. Like so many people come to yeah. me and they're so afraid of somebody finding out that they're using it or this exposure. You know, because we've been so programmed that it's bad. 
you know, and I mean, I have to admit, I was a little bit uncomfortable sharing it with my kids that I was using cannabis or that I was becoming a cannabis coach, you know, that there was just kind of this weirdness that I raised my children in this kind of conservative way. And yet here's a hippie mom, <laughs> cannabis use. you know, my, my son, my son, who's a doctor is like, yeah, he calls me his hippie mom, but yet I hope that there'll be a point in time where he can recognize the value because I think it's time. It's time to just drop all the pretense, drop all the yeah. lies and just recognize this plant is beneficial. It does good things for our body. Yeah. And, you know, and then you could get me on my soapbox and pit this against, you know, the detriment of proton pump inhibitors and Lipitor and antidepressants on the gut microbiome, which most people don't even know the impact that antidepressants have on the gut microbiome and how that causes other issues and all these other things. I mean, even just what we have in our over-the-counter drugs of Tylenol and Advil and, and, you know, the just standard things, we don't think twice about those substances that can have quite a negative downside when not used with a certain level of wisdom and knowledge. And there's this unwarranted cultural fear around cannabis that's just inherited. It's not even like we can, and that was what I really dealt with is are these thoughts, my thoughts, or are they just thoughts that I've inherited from my culture from like literally, which is the same way that many of us found our way into conversations that were racist, even if we never called ourselves a racist because of the culture that we were raised in. And so we're taking those apart, thank goodness, and taking care of our fellow human beings. And we can take this one apart too, and allow the medicine to be the medicine that it is. And we're not going to prescribe a medicine to everybody for everything. It's, you know, and I really appreciate you saying that because one of the things that's shied me away from having these conversations is when I get kind of the hyper excited zeolite, who's just like, everyone should smoke weed all the time. And it's the best thing. And it would cure society. And it's like, well, that, that doesn't really help me get anywhere either because we're just swinging to another extreme. And so I've shied away from the medical marijuana conversation for a decade because many of the people that I actually came in contact with it, it to me, and this is limited, it's just sort of felt like you're just a weed smoker using this as a new justification for it. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's also opened up at, we, I mean, what was, how many laws got passed in this last election to open up the legality of marijuana? It was like 18 States or something like that. I don't know the exact, mm -hmm. it was a significant amount, which really just showed there's a tide tipping and there's a conversation yeah. that's opening up. And so I'm incredibly grateful to you and people like you who can be willing to have, and think of your courage to be somebody that quite frankly, you're at the forefront of this and to be willing to say, I'm going to stand out and I'm going to speak up. You launched a website. There's ways that people can interact with your information. You do Zoom meetings to answer people's questions, which is just amazing how accessible you are. And we'll make sure that your website information is in our show notes on the website. So people can get your contact information because I just think this is this is so needed. And I'm aware that it takes courage at this point to be one of the early adapters to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this education available. Yeah. I mean, really up until the time I launched my website, people finding me was word of mouth only. It was, yeah. you know, recommendations from other people because I, I was uncomfortable with presenting myself publicly as a cannabis coach. And I have, a, I have an attorney friend who has, he, he went over my website, you know, fine tooth comb before I launched it. And he's like, 
looks great. You're good. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Pushing that button publish. (laughs) Oh, it was scary, but you know, I've been, I've been live now for about a month and a half and, and quite honestly, it's been pretty quiet. I feel like I'm kind of in that calm before the storm Mm -hmm. of people finding me of understanding that there are you know, there, there are ways to learn more about whether or not this can work for you. And so, but I want, can I give you a little anecdotal information yes. about myself? So, so here's what got me started using cannabis. I, in 2010, I had an MRI done. I had hip pain and I, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I had a torn labrum and the doctor at the time told me, you know, you've got, it looks like you're getting arthritis on your joint. I wouldn't recommend you doing anything about it. So I just carried on. I was playing tennis regularly at the time I was hiking and biking and very active. And I was hurting all the time. So I started, I was taking about um, 1800 to, tw- to 2000 milligrams of ibuprofen a day to function and to sleep. And so when I, when I discovered cannabis in 2015, I, I started, you know, thinking, how can this work for me? And so I kind of experimented. I found that it helped me sleep. So that became a standard, a regular way to, to use it. You know, I was dealing with the illegality of it in, in the state of Utah until it became legal. And I was able to get a card and, and do and, and conduct my work legally, right. To, to take, or to take care of myself legally. And so fast forward this past, well, last fall, I had an, an x-ray done on my hip just because it, it, the pain was getting worse. And, and it's like, what's going on here? Well, come to find out I've got bone spurs on my hip joint and that's what's causing my pain. So I, I had my hip replaced in May and I, I've been taking cannabis pretty regularly now for, for a good period of time. I feel like my, I feel like my body's in great health. Like physically, I feel, I feel great. And except for the pain that I had in my hip, I was feeling great. Well, after my hip surgery, I was on, I did the opioid thing for about five days. And of course, you know, totally constipated, feeling miserable. And I thought I'm going to go off this and I'm just going to use cannabis. So that's what I did. And I had complete success with that. Within three weeks, I was walking my, my neighborhood park. Within five weeks, I was back to hiking. You know, I'm three months out and it's like, other than the scar on my leg, I really don't even notice. I don't even re- remember that with I had a hip, hip replacement. replacement. Hip wow. replacement. It's awesome. And I, I will give cannabis a lot of credit for my, my speedy recovery and for the experience of healing that I, I had during that first month where I really just focused on healing. Yeah. I just said, you know what? I'm healing. And I, there's, I can't, you know, I just had to be quiet and go inside and, and listen. I mean, go internal is what I mean. I spent yeah. a lot of time out in the sun. I just really enjoyed quiet time. And I reframed it. It wasn't like, no, I, I have to recover. No, I'm, I'm giving myself time to, and, you know, I think a lot of, I think what, what cannabis has given me is the ability to reframe a lot of the way I look at the world. It doesn't have to be the old way of looking at it. How about we look at it from a different perspective, just like you said, you know, about sleeping. Yeah. You know, if you look at it, well, maybe I need to sleep you know, maybe I needed a month of downtime yep. to really process myself because it was during that month that, that really the, the, a lot of ideas kicked in for my website. I bet. You know, yeah. When we slow down and get quiet like that, I was so sure that, that cannabis made me tired. I was so sure. And I was like, Oh no, you are tired. And it's making you realize how exhausted you are. And I'm like, huh? All right. Cause I mean, that's, and that's that whole am I the victim of something? Is the responsibility outside of myself or is the responsibility Mm -hmm. in here? And, and I mean, I think that was like a two milligram. I mean, there was like, it was very, you know, it didn't take this, the introduction of the plant. And it was like, you sit, sleep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, and then the cool thing about it is there's so many strains out there now. There's so many ways of using cannabis for different things that maybe what you did take was sleep inducing, right? It could have been, it could have been an indica dominant, you know, strain that had the terpenes that put you into a sleep mode, but, or maybe not, maybe it was just your body going, it actually wasn't here. It wasn't. And, but you know, I'll, after we finish here, I'll tell you exactly which one it was. Cause you're going to laugh, but yeah. And, and, but yes, no, totally. And even still it just, just trusting the wisdom of your body and what I've experienced when I've really shifted this to these sacred plants is they have a wisdom to provide and you, you know, and the reality is you get to listen to it or not is all free will and total choice. And, and I've had my own experiences where I get into something. I'm like, I'm not ready to go there yet. Call me again in a couple of years <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, but le- less so now, now I'm just like, okay, great. What's next. What is there to learn? Yeah. What is there to heal next? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's I'm- a beautiful process. That yeah. healing process is it's, I mean, it's lovely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that up for anything. I've had yeah. such a marvelous, I mean, and, and, honestly, a lot of those times have been difficult. A lot of those journey experiences have been, you know, a lot of processing, a lot of emotional work. But in the end, as I look back on how they awakened parts of my mind that were slumbering, right, that were, were not aware, suddenly, it's like, oh, there's a totally different awareness to who I am as a being, to, you know, to why I'm here on this planet, to, you know, my connection to this plant and, yeah. and what I can offer other people to learn and maybe make their own discoveries. It doesn't even have to be about cannabis. It can just be the doorway to discovering who they are. Yeah. Awesome. That's perfect. Well, we're going to put a pin in that right there, the doorway to discovering who we actually are. And Ingrid, thank you so much for the work you've done, the courage, being a pioneer and your willingness to share and going public. And that's what, you know, we need and I got your back and you got mine and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything today. It's been really awesome to have you here. Yeah. So fun to talk. I mean, I, this is a subject I could talk about forever. So can, can I spend just a couple of minutes? I just want to talk about yeah. my website just for a minute. Oh yeah, sure. So, cause, cause my, my intention with my website is just to offer a way for people to find me and then to sign up for a consultation in a very streamlined fashion without having, you know, four text messages back and forth. Does this day work? Mm. Does that time work? Yep. So it's, it's a, it, they can log into my website. They can go to my, what is it? Uh, services. And then they can choose, you know, what, what consultation situation works best for them. The most common is just a one shot, you know, consultation. We can talk about going into a dispensary, how to, how to find medicine, how to talk to a, a bud tender or the pharmacist at the dispensary and then get started on a cannabis journey. And that's, that's really what I want to help people do. This is a journey of self-healing. This is people's ability to work with this medicine and feel it working and understand how it's working and then duplicate that, you know, in a, in a format, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly or however works best for them, but to understand that this medicine is very personal. It's a very personal connection to the medicine. The other things I'm going to offer, and we've got, I've gotten this started now at once a month, I'm doing a meditation where people can come in. They can, you know, they're, it's a zoom meeting. It's on, it's online. It's, it's in their own home. They can experience a journey or a meditation, however you want to call it. And it's only 90 minutes long. So it's kind of a light version of a, of a plant medicine journey. And they can just have that experience of what it feels like to, with, you know, a body scan, with a guided meditation, with, with this evocative music and with the power of the plant, 
either relax, you know, enjoy a, a relaxing evening, re enjoy an experience of where your mind gets active and you start processing emotions or experiences. It's just a beautiful way to engage with the plant. The other thing I'm going to start doing, and so that's going to be once a month, we're going to do once a month meditation. And then I'm also going to start a club for women to meet once a month, to just talk about cannabis, to to discuss it with other women, to kind of just learn about cannabis and to learn how cannabis can work for you. And I want to keep it with women because I feel like women have their have specific needs mm -hmm. and, and they can talk more easily about them when it's just in the company of women. So as a female, I just want to make this a, a female friendly um, club gathering. And we're going to do that once a month. And then uh, we're also going to add a, a lifted yoga episode as well. I'm just lining up my yoga. So instructor to do awesome. That. I love these. I just want to make it such, fun. Yeah. And it's such a different way than what we culturally think of, of how to interact with this plant and this medicine. And I love that having some support and guidance in the process. So thanks for making that so easy. Yeah. And doing it by zoom, you know, you can do it yeah. wherever you're at, yeah. whether, you know, there's no need to go out in public with your weed. <laughs> you just That's get to so great. The privacy of your own home. <laughs> I love it. Thanks again. That's great. We'll make sure all of that is very clear for them in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing where this adventure continues. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, Sarah. Thank you to today's guest, Ingrid Chapman, for her knowledge and love. For all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com backslash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. Always thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.